Hello and welcome to Locked On Suns, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Today's always your host, Evan Setter. I'm joined by co-host Brendan Clean. You can follow me on Twitter at eSetter. You can follow Brendan on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Also follow our Locked On Suns Twitter page. You are already at Locked On PHX Suns. Very much appreciate it, as always. And we're joining you guys today right after the final buzzer here at Talkstars Arena. As you guys know by now, we are always at a home game here for Locked On Suns. bringing you live coverage right afterwards. We're here for the Suns' surprising win today over the Los Angeles Lakers, 118-109. to The Suns are now 13-51 the season. The Lakers are 30-33. and Before we get into anything, Brian, I know this is probably one of the most impressive wins of the Suns' this season, but this isn't a Lakers podcast, but I, mean, I have to ask you, is Luke Walton about to get fired because of this loss? It's, it's almost equally bad for the Lakers as it is good for the Suns, I think, is the best way to put it. I think that helps Suns fans understand although I don't know how you could have missed the Lakers drama at this point but as good as it feels for Suns fans I I would imagine Lakers fans feel just about that bad if not worse this was a game I just read on Twitter that Luke Walton said pregame the Lakers had to win and Kyle Kuzma is his quotes going around postgame here about something's wrong with this team so I don't particularly even teams I'm a fan of and all that care like oh let's hurt other teams ability to get into the playoffs that's not really something that matters to me because the Suns are clearly not going to get into the playoffs themselves but I know people love that and obviously there's no better team for the the locals sake than to do it against the Lakers it, it must feel pretty good and we could hear in that arena it felt pretty good for a lot of people yeah the atmosphere now was pretty electric I think it was probably the best it's been since opening night to be honest Tug Resort Arena and you tweeted a really funny moment at the game I actually saw this with you as it was happening we were the only people that saw this when it was happening a Lakers fan I don't know if he was just a a bandwagon Lakers fan it seems I mean if you throw your jersey off like it seems like you are but or you got money to burn yeah exactly he threw off his it looked like a LeBron Lakers jersey about five rows up past him and then he storms out of here about 30 seconds up in the game so that kind of just a microcosm of what's been happening to the Lakers so far this season but let's get into our usual segments here Brian we'll start with our free throws and I think for me I'm going to kick off here DeAndre Aiden who had a 26.10 rebound game 8 of 11 from the field. Big number here, though, is 10 of 14 from the free throw line. By far his career high. His previous career high was 8, which he matched twice against Golden State. What did you think about Aiden tonight? Because especially defensively, there was a sequence there. He was really good. He guarded LeBron James most tonight. LeBron barely scored in the second half. So Aiden had, I think, one of his not only a best efficient nights of the season, but also really the best two-way games had all season. Yeah, I was about to ask you, do you think this was the best game of the year for him? I think maybe outside of that Nuggets game where he had the 24-point explosion that one quarter. I mean, as far as t- both sides of the ball, though, I mean, I think maybe it is. Yeah, I think the – and the ability to sustain it because that Nuggets game, the second quarter was the majority of it for him. So I think all four quarters, both sides of the ball, in my opinion, this this probably is the best game of his career so far, of his rookie season. So awesome. I mean, there's there's – there's no limit to the praise that I would heap on him today. I think he – I asked Devin Booker, like, what was the key tonight? Because obviously we've seen the Lakers hand it to the Suns twice this year, especially that first game at home, the second night of the season. And he, he went right to Aiton, and especially, specifically, his ability to defend LeBron. And that strategy was pretty bold. I mean, we, we our, it sticks out to me a couple times in that first matchup when Aiton was kind of stranded on LeBron and it was a big, ooh, the crowd was kind of buzzing, but that was actually the game plan. Like, that was what they wanted. They wanted LeBron in isolation against Aiton's length and, you know, kind of make everyone else beat them. Mm -hmm. And LeBron, between injuries and maybe getting a little older this year and that starting to show, he wasn't able to just get to the basket at will. So, you know, Aiton really was 
affecting his his decision making in a big way. Yeah, it might have been a career night for JaVale McGee in the process of that because instead of McGee having to go with, against DeAndre and it was Ubre and Josh Jackson and the rest of those guys, he was 10 to 10 from the field for 21 points. But Aiden had, I think, well, yeah, so one of the best nights of his career so far. He had 26, 10, 3, 2, and 1, plus 2 in the plus minus category in 34 minutes. So. I think this is just something you can build off of as well because even Booker said in the locker room about five minutes ago that he's on him almost daily about not being a 16-10 guy. You can't settle for this. Like, you're better than this. You're a 30-20 and 20 guy. Just it's, We've known this. I mean, they're always on Aiden, but just to hear uh, reinforcement like that from Devin Booker, how nice is that to hear? Yeah, and especially the positive reinforcement because obviously we've, we've seen plenty of instances this year where there could be opportunity for negative feedback of like you screwed this up fix it but to have it happen on a night when good things are happening I mean happening I mean that's ideal that's proof right that Aiton does this they beat the Lakers who are clearly a better team despite the the silliness of their season like this is a better team than the Suns and they went and beat them and controlled the one of the best players on the planet so I think that's a good way for Aiton, especially who we know can have his emotions or his mood kind of impact his game from time to time, to be able to do it and then see, like, wow, when I play this way, it actually works. And I think, you know, another huge part of this game for him was in the first quarter being able to, we all kind of knew this is an opportunity for him. The Lakers started Kyle Kuzma at center, which is just, yeah, I don't even I don't even know what they're doing there. That's It's kind of crazy to me that they're actually doing that, but... Aiton took advantage, which is not something that we could have said, even against equally good matchups for him throughout the, the whole entire year. Today was, like we said, on both sides of the ball, just a pretty, pretty stellar game. From the very beginning of the game, to the back-to-back positions right at the beginning of the game, the Suns went two men. It really maintained for the rest of the game. Even though it was 11 shot attempts, I mean, the Suns pretty much blew this game open in the third quarter, and through most of those two-and-a-half, three-quarters, they were consistently getting the ball there. So nothing to worry about as far as shot attempts go there, but let's go into our second free throw from your side. Yeah, Booker. I mean, I think Devin Booker, it was a pretty picture-perfect version of what you want this duo to be. Um, not 51 a, combined points. 51 points, um, 14 rebounds, 7 assists between the two of them. Pretty efficient. Booker hasn't always been efficient, even when he's had scoring nights like this this season. I think, honestly, like the, the shot distribution is something I want to hit on, too. I think... When Aiton can get to the free throw line like that, for those two guys to be far and away getting the the biggest focal point of the offense, but to have Booker be taking a little more shots, controlling the ball a little bit more, obviously, but for Aiton to be such a strong complement, I think he really benefited from Aiton, but in that fourth quarter we saw him kind of close things down, make some plays to turn the ball over a couple times too, but overall I think he made shots when he needed to to close the game down in the stretch absolutely booker had another solid game tonight plus minus a plus 13 8 of 18 from the field five of oh five from three but the big number here for me like for deandre was a career high but this wasn't a career for booker but nine of nine from the free throw line and this is something i'm really starting to notice the past three or four games now he's getting up near 10 almost every game the past three or four times and i'll have to check the nba stats box scores when i get back but i think this is probably top five in free throw attempts free throw attempts per game since the all-star break so is that something you're watching for too yeah i think he has made it he's been really open all year about like an actual kind of part of his game he's trying to add is that ability or I guess maybe even just kind of working the refs or whatever it is that allows the the best players in the league to consistently get calls, he's trying to do it. And I I don't think he would say he knows what that magic recipe is, but I think, like you're saying, over the past few weeks, it's definitely 
leaned more in his favor over over the kind of the whole entire stretch of a game. And I think honestly, not not being picky and not being emotional about it has helped him. I think there were games you think about the Sixers game, the Portland game where he was very frustrated and on the refs the whole night and I don't think that actually helped him. So I think playing his game and being kind of dedicated to just trying to do what he knows will work, it has benefited him a lot. Yeah, that's for sure. Booker, I'll mention again his, his style in really quick for you guys. 24 points, four rebounds, four assists as well, one steal. His defense was actually pretty good tonight. For We usually harp on that a little bit, but really didn't notice that tonight. They, he did pretty well for what he was put up against. But let's go on to my second free throw here, and it's actually Mikhail Burgess who played 30 minutes, 10 off the bench. He's really getting a lot more minutes now, even though he is in a bench role. 12 points, five rebounds, two assists, one steal in the night. Even though he only had two assists, Brian, I wanted to point out just how many missed opportunities they had as far as assists go for Mikhail Birds because some of these passes, I mean, I was telling you, I was sitting next to you throughout the game, just like the passes that he's making look just like way different than even he was doing six weeks ago. Like he is rapidly improving in that area. Yeah, he has the the drop pass in the lane to the big man in the dunker spot. Like that just suddenly materialized as part of his game as he got a little bit more playmaking duties. And we've been talking about him taking on more of that role but it's nice to see that a he knows what to do with it and b that it's actually showing up in a way that's helping the team and I agree with you I mean there were there were times the assist total shows that today where you felt like it even could have been more and some some botched plays but I think he's growing by leaps and bounds with with that recognition and ability every game all of his missed shots, by the way, he was one of five from three. So he was four of four from inside the arc. And a lot of those were actually him driving to the basket and fin- using his length to finish. Is, are you starting to notice that too? Yeah, I had a pretty and one that hit like off the very top of the backboard and dropped in. Just using his length, I think that that level of, of finishing ability and kind of balance around the basket to use that length, I was not expecting to see that as a rookie i mean we know he came in as a four-year player the whole story but like it's he's still a rookie so to be able to have that kind of like grace around the basket and score like that it's pretty remarkable and we still have 20 games to go if you guys have been listening to los for the whole year you guys have noticed that we we've been saying burgess in the finished product and i just wanted to recap on, or finish up on burgess here because i tweeted during the game and i feel like with the stuff he's showing us in the past few weeks that it seems like which the whole offseason to himself just improving his game how excited are you just to see how different he could look in the next six months? Well, yeah, I mean, not to get too big picture, but I think the the concern that I had kind of with how this summer went and how this season has gone is that the Suns might have capped themselves. This draft's not great. We've talked about all those things that, you know, they kind of handicapped themselves into is, is Aiton and Booker a good enough core to win a championship because it's, it's already kind of looking hard to really upgrade the roster. But when you see Mikhail Bridges play like this, and kind of try to project out it makes you feel better about if he's that third piece maybe their maybe their overall ceiling's a little bit higher than we thought but my second free throw to to finish off this segment would be Kelly Oubre I think his this game was a big part of it was the the fouls or the lack thereof or just the the refs in general and Oubre uh his ability to play super physical defense, get in the passing lane, pick people off, and not get called for fouls is pretty impressive. And only one steal, but I would say he created three, four, yeah. five loose balls just by Deflections. ripping the ball out of people's hands, basically. And he held up well. You mentioned at the beginning that he was having to defend some of the centers, JaVale, or big players, guys bigger than him. And 
did decently well and was rotating well enough to at least kind of make up for the fact that their center was over on a playmaker in LeBron James. It was nice to see as well. I mean, I think it's the first time in a while that Ubre has only attempted 10 field goals in a game. I mean, last night he was 21. He was 7 of 21. So is it nice to see just Ubre kind of take a backseat a little bit more tonight and just allow Aiton and Booker to get going? It seemed like once Aiton was going early on, I think Ubre realized, okay, I don't need to be super aggressive in scoring tonight. Yeah, I think it, that definitely was a big part of it. And I think his, I mean, last night, of course, he also started, but just in general, him in the starting lineup, I've kind of liked his the balance of his game a little bit better for sure hasn't felt like the gunner guy we saw for the first couple months yeah that's really a good point you bring up there and uber stat line i'll read to you guys one more time here 14 points five rounds four assists and a steal in 30 minutes anything else you want to know as far as positives go from this game no i mean there were plenty more that we didn't get to i liked the anthony melton's rebounding was the other one that stood out but overall i mean not an incredible game by his measure but to beat the lakers you have to play well all up and down that's what igor koshkov said he's like i don't even want to pick a player out because I think everybody executed pretty perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of the best overall wins for the Phoenix Suns so far this season. Before we go into our next summer here, guys, I want to tell you really quickly about our Locked on NBA Twitter account. If you're not already doing so, go ahead and follow at Locked on NBA now on Twitter. Burr and I both follow the account. Also, our accounts are synced on there for your local Phoenix Suns courage. You guys all enjoy here on Locked on Suns. So if you're not already doing so, go and follow at Locked on NBA and then on Twitter to get a more national scope on the NBA. I want to also tell you guys really quickly about Homie. If you are looking to buy or sell your house this summer and you're starting to get stressed and worrying about uh, the hassle, the fees, the even just confusion that can sometimes go into it, I definitely recommend checking out Homey. It's a awesome service that I, I really am excited about and is helpful to me thinking about going into doing something like that on my own. So Homey sells your house for just $1,500. That's $199 to list and $1,299 at close on average they're saving you a ton of money um and there's a team of realtors and attorneys as you've heard me say before that's going to help you every step of the way so go check out homie and to learn even more about the fantastic services that they offer text the word homie h-o-m-i-e to 88588 again that's homie h-o-m-i-e to 88588 Okay, let's go on here to our second segment here, which is talking about our main negatives from the game, our flagrant foul, and I'll just throw it your way first, Brent. Yeah, I think it's it's Tyler Johnson. Um, again, it's it's one of those nights we've said this before, where when you only have thirteen wins and you're trying to pick a negative on a on a win, it feels kind of rough. But it, it, the fact is, he he was the clear negative tonight and got into foul trouble early two fouls in the first quarter and then basically right away when he checked in in the second quarter got his third foul Igor kept him in but I think that kind of just set the wrong rhythm for his game and wasn't able to be as effective and aggressive on defense like we've seen him be in the past that Miami game stands out to me as an example of that we didn't get that version of Tyler Johnson and then the shots weren't really going in. I don't feel like he was a negative on offense most of the night, but I think there were several plays in the fourth quarter is where I noticed it again that really cemented him to me as the, the one standout negative was just really hesitant in that fourth quarter, open shots where he maybe they ended up getting a basket out of it, but he could have made a play and, and kind of passed it up. And maybe it's still just finding that chemistry with Booker, especially late in games to no, I, I can take this shot, and it's going to be the right shot, and it doesn't always have to be booked to, to do that. But 
it's it's learning, but I, he, he definitely was too hesitant. I agree with you, especially in that fourth quarter there. I think they cut it from 19 to 8 at one point, and I think Johnson had a couple sequences in that 11-point run there by the Lakers. That was a little rough there, but there wasn't not, really not many other p- negatives from the Phoenix Suns so far, so I'm actually going to take this off the Suns roster for a moment, Burn for mine. I'm going to go to the Lakers. I'm just going to focus on a number from them, which is – 32% from three. I know this is a, uh, just an overall negative segment, but looking at that number and looking at how the roster was built for the Lakers, I mean, we would talk about, I mean, we don't talk about on the podcast, but we talk about off the air all the time about just other NBA teams that you look at the Lakers roster that, I mean, this kind of shows you that they built this roster wrong around LeBron this year. Yeah, it was, it was puzzling in the beginning to just the idea that he was going to play off the ball more, that he was going to defend centers, all these things that we had never seen him do. And treating him like he's 37 or 38 years old and and you're needing to like really take this load off of him and I mean he ended up getting injured anyway and it's gone the way that it's gone but seeing it up close and kind of just the balancing act that Luke Walton has to do starting Kyle Kuzma at center but then JaVale McGee starts the second half and then they're constantly juggling players and uh, Rajon Rondo had a pretty terrible game and so then Josh Hurts closing and they made a run with their really big lineup with no Rondo in the game and McGee in there. But it's just, it, I don't even think it's necessarily like how it fits around LeBron. The roster just doesn't make a ton of sense, period. Yeah, it's a really good point. I was talking to Gerald Borgay of Hoops Habit about this at the game as well. And thinking about if they don't get Anthony Davis, I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a nightmare, to be honest with you. It's It's pretty crazy to think. I mean, there's plenty of stars this summer, but outside of the potential that Davis gets traded there. It's not like we're hearing all these guys who are lining up to go to Los Angeles to play with LeBron. So it'll be very fascinating, and this might be a loss we look back on on the Lakers' part as the kind of beginning of the end for this season. So I was thinking a little bit, too, along those lines. It was the 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 Suns visiting the Sixers that ended Markel Fultz's tenure there. So this could be another bad domino that we oh and they played the Suns and this bad thing happened so I don't know if that's good or bad but just kind of interesting that this weird season for the Suns continues but um, before we move on to our last segment just want to remind you guys that make sure you are listening to our show on your smart speaker or in the car super easy and all of our stuff is synced up there just tell your car tell your smart speaker play podcast locked on phoenix suns it'll queue up the very latest that we have for you and help you stay up to date as we give you five episodes a week you can get behind but take advantage and and while you're doing chores around the house or driving your kids or driving yourself wherever uh, you can still stay up to date on locked on suns just tell that speaker play podcast locked on phoenix suns Alrighty, I'll start us off with stat to watch here. Um, it's going to be 10 for me, which is the number of turnovers. And I think the – I don't have a clear memory of the last Lakers game on the road. I feel like it was a blowout and I just stopped yeah, paying attention to it. But that first home game coming off the energy of the Dallas blowout when the Suns – oh, wow, this whole thing's turning around and – the Lakers came in and just stomped on the Suns. It was just embarrassing how many times the Suns turned the ball over in that game, and the Lakers are just getting fast-break buckets at will. Lonzo was competing in a dunk contest on his own that night, and uh, LeBron didn't even play the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly. So to only turn the ball over ten times uh, was humongous. I think it's really, even though they did all these other things well, like we've been talking about, and individual players had impactful games, 
that was, I think, honestly, probably the biggest single difference in this game. I agree. And you look at the turnovers as well. Like you said, 10 for them, 11 for the Lakers. Even though the Suns only had 21 assists in this game, I mean, if you keep it down to 10 turnovers, you're most of the time, especially with this young Suns team, when they get above like 15 or 16 turnovers, it usually doesn't end well. So keeping it to a low number like 10 is a really good sign. But for my big number, it's actually not on the sheet here, but you saw it. I was on your Twitter account. You retweeted Nate Duncan's Twitter or his tweet that mentioned it. And I, they, we don't have the exact numbers for us from the game right now, but around 75 percent is what i'm going to go with and that's the two point percentage that the suns allowed in the second half of tonight's game and that is an absurd number and it kind of shows you just how easy it was for the Suns just to get to the rim and do whatever they want to do yeah quick math i think it was like 66 percent because subtracting the three point out but that's still i mean 66 percent from two point range is i i would think pretty clearly better than most games the suns have had this year with how many of these players typically struggle around the basket. Um, It was good to see, and I think you look to um, nine offensive rebounds, I think was a pretty big reason why. De'Anthony Melton, DeAndre Ayton especially, making an impact on the offensive glass, getting those putbacks and easy opportunities. I think that's why there were so few assists. They got 34 points from the free throw line, nine offensive rebounds. You don't need a million assists when you're being that efficient and getting those easy buckets so huge also i just now noticed this is another big number here 40 and that's the number of free throw attempts since that tonight that is a pretty big description when you also see another side of the court 23 was the total for the lakers yeah that's the impact i mean to bring the, the episode full circle here i think that's the impact of Aiton when he's playing this way when hopefully if, if he can kind of build off of this and do it more going forward it, it balances the whole offense and it really kind of opens things up where there isn't as much pressure on Booker and you know the game kind of slows down who was that we had a special guest for you guys but um anyway yeah I think that that really encapsulates I think a big part of of why they won and what what will have to happen for them to win going forward whoever that was shout out to you we'll find out in a few minutes who I was on the podcast but anything else you want to hit on as far as today's goes it was another surprising Suns win actually no and let's see how it how it uh, transitions into the Monday game against Milwaukee. It's a crappy opponent to have to go up against after a big win like this, but with the success Aiton had against LeBron, maybe we'll see him defend Giannis. That would be a pretty fun matchup. Yeah, that's for sure. 118-109 to is the final score of tonight's game. The Suns are now 13-51 this season with help from DeAndre and Devin Booker. Big nights from them. Also some nice contributions from Kelly Abrey Jr., McKilbers, and Josh Jackson. So that'll do it for today's podcast. Appreciate you guys listening as always. And now we're going to go turn on our Woj notification to see if Luke Wallen gets fired or soon.